The following shiur is presented by Dayan Shlomo Cohen, Dayan in Beddin Ahavat Shalom in Yerushalayim, an author of Pure Money. For more shiurim or information, please visit vshc.org or call 1-844-200-TSHC. That's 1-844-200-8742. Hello everybody. This is Rabbi Shlomo Cohen with the Shiur and Parshat Matot Masai. This year, these two Parshiot are joined together. <clears throat> and they're full of many important points. In Parshat Masai, chapter 34, Hashem al Moshe lemor. Hashem spoke to Moshe saying, Tzavet b'nei Yisrael v'amalta alehem, tell the Jewish people, this is the land that you are going to inherit from me. And so of course you're going to inherit. And of course this is the land that you're going to be passing on to your children. And your children to your children's children. And this is your inheritance. The Torah has many different laws, has many laws connected to inheritance. The firstborn gets a double portion. There's an order of inheritance for someone who has children, for someone who doesn't have children. And we know that you can write a will and divide up your property in different ways. That's an accepted thing today that many, many people do. But because of the halachot that I'd like to explain to you today in today's shiur, it's very important that you should take rabbinical advice when writing up a will. We're told clearly by the Shulchan Aruch in the laws of inheritance that you must not pass over even a bad son and give to a good son in his place. You must give your um, property, a father, a parent must leave over, leave over his property to their children according to the Jewish laws of inheritance and not in any other way and not to prefer one brother over another brother or to completely miss out your, relative, your, your children even it would seem we're going to explain this in more detail even it would seem if you want to give all your money to tremendously good causes. Nevertheless, you should always, you should not, says the Shulchan Aruch, be what's called Iburiyah Santa, to transfer your property from a bad son to a good son. The reason that's given is that you never actually know what's going to come out of the bad son. It could be that out of the bad son will come after good children and so it would be good that they should get your inheritance. As, as you know, we want, we want the, the property of each tribe to remain in the tribe. We don't want it to go out of the tribe. But nevertheless, the Shulchan Aruch says that if a father gives property to another and not to his children, not to his children according to the laws of inheritance, the Jewish laws of inheritance, Ein Ruach Hachamim Noach Emenu. Never, the, the, the Chachamim are not happy 
with what he did. They're not saying that it's invalid. It's valid. If you did a proper will, you did things in the proper way, we'll talk about that in a little while, if you did things in the proper way, then the gift is valid. You can give things to an aunt, to um, a, a distant relative, to a friend. You can give things away to them, and that will be valid. But, we're not going to be very happy about it. The Shulchan Ruch says even more than that. He said it's midat chasidut, not to even be a witness for such a will. Not just not to do such a will, but even to be a witness signing on such a will, helping this to be done, you shouldn't do it. And even, of course, like we said before, if it's from a bad son, even if it's from a bad son to a good son. The Khatam Sofer was asked a question. A man had died and he had no children. So that means that his money is going to now go to his brothers. Right, the halacha is that if someone dies without children, the money goes to their father first, and if their father is not alive, then it goes to his children, which are the brothers of the deceased. If there were no brothers, then the inheritance goes back another generation to the grandfather of the deceased. If the grandfather of the deceased is not alive, then it goes to his children, which would be your uncles, the uncles of the deceased. Okay, that's the and that goes on and on and on. So, in actual fact, it would go back to Yaakov Avinu, and so it's not possible, really, for any Jew to die without an inheritor unless they're a convert. Okay, so anyway, the Hanchatam Sofer was asked this question about a man who died; he didn't have children, so the money is now going to go to his brothers. But instead, the person wanted to leave the majority of his money to charity. He was going to leave some for his brothers as well. But the majority he wanted to leave to charity. The answer that he got from the Khatam Sofer was that The Chachamim are not happy about you doing this even in a case where you have no children. This is not only where you have children and you decide not to give your children but to give to charity. Even if you have no children and you want to give money to charity, it's considered like you're passing over your halachic heirs. And even though you might be giving the money to charity, and even if you're not going to give all your money to charity, you're just going to give a portion of it, and the rest you're going to give to your to your halachic heirs, nevertheless, it's not the right thing to do. It comes out from the Khatam Sofer that it wouldn't be the right thing to do even to give just a portion of your money to charity. But let's see, this is not the Halakha. The Halakha is not like that Khatam Sofer. The Tashbet, straight away it disagrees with the Khatam Sofer. This is all brought down in the Petre Tshuva in Chot Nachalot. He says that it only applies if you don't give to your children. But if you're, if you're not giving to, to, to other, um, other relatives that would inherit you, like in this case where you didn't have any children, then there's no problem of not passing the inheritance on to your children, to your halachic um, heirs. And also it's only if you don't give them anything, even with your children. It's only if you don't give them anything. But where you do give them something, even though it's not all the property, 
then there's no problem. And he adds on that, on the contrary, it's a good thing for you to give to charity. It's a good thing for when someone passes away that they should be giving money to charity because they're doing it to save themselves. They're doing it to save themselves from a, from a bad judgment. It's their last opportunity for them to do a, a, a mitzvah with their money. Once they're in the grave, there's no more. They can't, you can't, you can't take it with your shrouds. You're going to leave everything behind. Maybe you've heard the famous story about um, Reichman. The million, multi-multi-millionaire Reichman, when he, when he passed away, he left two wills. A first will was to be read straight away in the hospital before the Leviah. And the second will was to be read after 30 days, like is generally customary. So the, the lawyers arrived at the hospital and they opened the first will before the Levayah. The family were all gathered around and it said, I have one request right now from you, my dear, my dear family. And that is that I would like to be buried in white socks. Buried in white socks. Never heard of it. But if that's what he wants, that's what we'll do. So the family were going out to buy white socks when suddenly the Hevra Kedisha turned up and he said, excuse me, we have never buried anyone in white socks and we're not going to start now. The halacha is they get buried in shrouds and that's it. If you want anything more, then let's go to Chaim Kanievsky. So they went to the God Lador, I'm not sure if it was Chaim Kanievsky, they went to the God Lador of the time and they asked him, what are we supposed to do? The deceased asked to be buried in white socks. And the Chebuk Kadisha want to know if that's right. What, do, what does the Rav say? The Rav thought for a minute and he said, we have no such custom. People are just buried with their shrouds. We're not going to bury him with white socks. I don't care what he asked for. We're not going to start changing the custom now. So they buried him without white socks. Everyone was now waiting with bated breath to see what's going to be with the second will that they're going to read afterwards. What's going to be with that? What mishugat could it be that's written in that after what they saw and seen written in the first will? You can imagine that for the whole shiver there was one big topic of discussion. Wow, they wanted to be buried in white salt and in the end they didn't do it. The Rav said not to. There was a big tumult. What's going on? They all waited for the second will. Everyone was waiting for the second will. The second will was opened and they started reading and it started like this. Dear family, now that you've seen that even white socks I can't take with me to the next world, I can't take with me to the grave, I hope now you'll be open to understanding the only thing that I can take with me to the grave is the mitzvahs I've done. And the charity that I've given. And therefore, with all the billions that I've left, I want to ask your forgiveness, but I am going to give X amount to charity. And only the rest is going to be divided up amongst you. Don't worry, they've got a pretty big share anyway. Right. Um, so you see, Reichman did a very sensible thing. The last opportunity for him to do a big mitzvah with his money. And he did it. 
he wanted to give a large amount of charity and he gave it. I must say that there are other postgim that say that the best thing you can do with your money is to give it to your halachic relatives, your halachic heirs. But nevertheless, we find many, many postgim mention this, that you're allowed to give charity to save yourself from the, from, from Geinom, and it's certainly not considered as Ibori Achsanta, as long as you leave some of your money for your relatives. But there's another thing that's important here in saving your, saving ourselves from transgressing this Isur of being like Ibori Achsanta, like being someone that's passing over your, your halachic relatives, your halachic heirs. Some say, it only applies to the matana, the gift of a shvimera, someone who is on their deathbed, that there's a special leniency that Chazal gave for them, that this person is allowed to give out, give away his property verbally, and in order that he doesn't get, have a lot of anguish about the fact that he maybe is not able to call a lawyer and have everything written down, or call a rabbi, or call the Beit Abad Lahalacha, to have all this written down, um, in order that he wouldn't die from anguish, so they allowed him to divide his property out verbally. The, the gift that he gives out is given out at, at the time of death. So only with that, say some poskim, is there a problem of not giving it to your halachic heirs. But if you give away, if you, if you arrange your will in the way of what's called a matnet bari, the gift of a, of a, of a healthy person, you, you, you write out your will and you write what's called the, the, that means if you're giving away a house, for example, you would give the actual house today, but the rights to benefit from the house, the rental or the living, that only would be given to the person after the, after the, 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 the after death. But the actual property itself would be given over straight away now. Now, during someone's lifetime, they can give away as much as they want to whoever they want. There's no limit on what you can do. There's no isra involved in any way during a person's lifetime to give things away to people that aren't their halachic heirs. So if a, if, if a will was arranged like that, which is one of the ways that um, Jews write wills today, as they do gufmayom, they give away the property, the actual property from today, and the, 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 the right to benefit from it only after they die. Um, so then, if you did it like that, then there's no problem. There's no problem of not giving it all, not giving all the inheritance to your children. Another um, type of will that many people do today is what's called a shtar chatzizachar. A shtar chatzizachar works like this: the deceased obligates himself in a large debt to, let's say, for example, he wants to give money to a charity, to this charity. He says, I owe this charity a million dollars. And he admits to that, and that's now legally binding that he has this debt to this this this, this uh, charity. He then makes, he then mentions that the debt is on a condition. It's on a condition that his children keep his wish that this particular charity should receive X amount of dollars. As long as they receive X amount of dollars, or they receive whatever it is that he wanted to give them in his will, then that debt of a million dollars is wiped out. So 
Now, if you, if you think carefully about what we've just said, you have an incentive for the halachic heirs to follow the, the wishes of the deceased, whatever they were, even if they were not to give them all the money. Because if they don't agree to giving the money to this other person, they're going to be landed with a whopping debt of a million dollars that they'll have to pay from the, the money that they've inherited. So they themselves will wish to give what the father wanted, what the parents, the deceased wanted to these people that aren't actually relatives according to the halakha, in order that they are able to inherit the rest. And they try and arrange it that this obligation is usually the amount of the estate. So that it really is in the interest of the halakhic heirs that they are going to give away the gifts that the father wanted to be given away. If the will is arranged like that, then also there's no problem of Ibureach Santa, of passing over the children. Why? Because the children themselves want to give this gift to them. They, they, in actual fact, they inherit everything themselves, and they are giving out of their own pocket to this third party, whether it's a charity or someone else, in order that they don't have this whopping debt over the whole estate, which would take away much more from their, from their, from their amount, from their inheritance. Okay, that's the way this shtar chetzizachar, it's called work, works. And that's actually a very common way of doing a, a, a will nowadays, and it's probably one of the best ways of doing a will. Because where you give things away as a matter that buried as a, as a gift during your lifetime, so when you're making, once you've made your gift, you, you've got a problem now of either buying of selling that property or buying other properties. If you buy other properties, they might be included in the will. You have to make a new will. Every time you buy and sell property, you have to make a new will, which could be a bit time-consuming, a bit of a problem. Whereas the way that, if you do it like a Hatsi Zahar, where you're just saying, this one's going to get 30%, this one's going to get 20%, this one's going to get 40%, and this one is going to get one ten percent And that's going to be perfectly valid. And it's uh, much easier to do. And, um, of course, there's no problem if you buy new property after you've made the will, or if you sell property that you had. Whereas if you've given it away with a mathmat bar, it could be you're not able to sell it. Because the actual property already belongs to the person that you wanted to bequeath it to. So a very common way of doing a will today is this way of what's called a shtar chatsi Many people, like even after that, I've heard this from in the name of Rabbanzdorfer and other poskim, that they would leave a sum of a thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, and that they would divide up according to the halacha of inheritance, and the rest of the money they would give away with a will, however they wanted to do, wanted to do it. That's another thing that many people would do, and it's like an, an accepted way of doing it. But what happens if a person wrote a secular will and they didn't write a halachic will? Is that going to be valid too? They just went to a lawyer like many people do today. They just went to a lawyer and had a will drawn up by him. The best thing to do is a double will. You have your secular will drawn up by a lawyer, which is going to be valid in all the courts, in, a, in wherever you are, in America, in England, wherever you are. And the second one is a halachic will, which would be based on the shtar hatizachah, and it would basically be that you're telling the, 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 the relatives that there's a whopping debt over the estate, 
But if you keep the secular will, then it'll be machuf, then the whole, then the, the debt will go away. That's a very, very easy way of doing this, right? Because you never actually know where your will's gonna end up after you've died, where it's gonna be decided on in a Jewish court, in a secular court. So here you've got two wills, you've got a secular will and a religious will. And, um, so hopefully you can be pretty sure that your wishes are going to be carried out. But having said that, even though that's certainly the best way of doing it, but Moshe Feinstein writes about someone who did, and it's actually a famous psak of the Achiezer before Moshe Feinstein, that someone who writes a will, um, a secular will, or according to secular law, which might not be valid according to Jewish law. Jewish law is very, very particular about the way a will is written. It could be that a secular will wouldn't follow the halacha. But nevertheless, as with Moshe Feinstein, it would still be valid because of what's called mitzvah l'kayim divrei amet. There's a special mitzvah on the, rel- on the, the, inhe- on the re- relatives to obligate any wishes of the person that has passed away. Now, how do we know what his wishes were if he didn't write them down, if we don't have a, have a will? If we have a will, we don't need to follow his wishes. We've got a will. So the idea is that it could be all sorts of things that the, that the deceased said that he wanted to, but didn't actually do them. So those things, no one can keep them after he's died because there'll be a big argument. Did he actually tell you to do it? Did he mean it? Maybe he went back on his word. Why didn't he write it down? So the only time we would honour those type of things, if the money, if, if the deceased had actually given the sum of money concerned to a third party to look after, then we can say in such a situation, this guy really meant to do what he was talking about doing. He really meant to do it. Says of Moshe Feinstein, the Achiezer too, that where someone wrote a secular will, they've actually done that. Seeing as the will, they know that it's going to be kept, that it's going to be honoured, that the courts will honour it. So it's as if they've um, deposited the money with a third party. And for that reason, even someone who just did a secular will, the will would be honoured because of Mitzvah Kaim Divrei Amet. And Mitzvah Kaim Divrei Amet is an obligation on the inheritors, on the, on the, on the Yorshim. They have in, in fact inherited the whole estate, according to the halakha, and now they, because of this mitzvah, they're going to give it away to different other people. So here too, you haven't transgressed this issue of being like Iburia Santa, passing over halachic relatives. There's no problem, in, there's no problem of that involved in that particular case. So again, let's summarize what we've been saying today in the shiur. We've been through a lot of different halachot as far as wills are concerned. That certainly we find that there's an isu to not give your money to your halachic relatives. Nevertheless, today especially, many people want to give to their daughters equally with their sons. Many people want to give to other people, to their wives. Their wife is also not a, doesn't inherit according to the halacha. People do want to do different things today. And the halakha respects that and honours that. They can write a will. If you do a will in a halachic way, a very good idea to take advice from the, from the Beit Havad, Beit Havad, um, how to do that. If you do it in the proper, in a halachic way, then there are many, many ways that will not 
be considered as if you've transgressed this issue of Santa of not giving all your property to your relatives. To your relative by your relatives that mean your your um, inheritance according to Jewish law. Thank you very much. This audio series has been brought to you by the Sephardic Halakha Center. The center is committed to advancing research and application of halakha in the Sephardic community nationwide. For a halakhic consultation, monetary bedin services, to order this series or to sign up to receive the Sephardic Halakha Journal, or for all other information, please call 1-844-200-TSHC or email info at thesh.org to subscribe.